actually, is it worth asking, mentioning sort of all these dangling loose ends that exist in? The yeah, because it, 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 like, it struck Where's... me. It, it struck me with Harvey that like like this idea that it's we Harvey get. Harvey and Hank, isn't it? Yeah. No. Uh, yes. No. It might be. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of them is like like a a, a cousin of the other, isn't yeah. it? But and and um, but it struck me how in Twin Peaks some murders are important and some aren't. That okay. that like like for 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 example in in I think it's like season one we have um, we 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 have um, uh, Jacques Renault's um, uh, <laughs> brother. Oh yeah. Um, not Sean Reno, but his, um, a, was it Renny Renault? Um, no, um, just uh, getting murdered at some point. It's like, oh, by the way, I I killed um, I killed uh, another Renault, not Jack, just some other guy. And it's like, uh, yeah, leave him there. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even hide the body. <laughs> and then there's the 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 the, the um, shooting of uh, of Mike. Who's like just an another Mike yeah. in 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 Come Walk with Me, and there's when we kind of like uh, try to kind of um, push. I love the digging, yeah. The, the, help me bury this like, body. But Laura will explain to you, Bobby. You don't need to. Um, you don't need to dig a hole for this person. Nobody cares about this dead person. <laughs> because um, this, this will never be touched on again. The universe in which we live. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, actually, it, it's worth mentioning this actually in terms because we talked a little bit about and, modern uh, America. And we're technically... sorry, and 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 just and 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 the dead person in Laura Palmer's um, house in the final episode, which is never explained. It's a, it's so implied that this is the reason why she wants to leave, why she wants to sort of get away. Yeah, um, is because like this is happening. So it's like, sure, a guy shows up, says he's from the FBI, and wants to take you across the country. Well, in very few circumstances would you say that's a great idea, but this is one of them. Yeah, and it, 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 and that Cooper sees it, and he's not bothered by it because he's so fixated on getting Laura home. Yeah, it's like that he where, doesn't ask any or Richard if he's at that point or whatever. Yeah, and I wonder if I if I wanted to read too much into something, what I say it, it kind of represents the way media is that it like um, the way um, uh, people die and their huge kind of. Um, uh, tragedies kind of every day but we don't report on them the yeah. same we don't pay attention to um, these uh, uh, things depending on where they happen and who they happen, happen to. to I mean we sort of alluded that to that earlier and we talked about the fixation that popular culture has with people like for example uh, you know Madeleine McCann uh, which is that documentary yeah. that was released on oh, Netflix, and and there was talk about how I was that's the perfect confluence. about Madeline McCann and didn't want to say anything. But that's be, the be... perfect confluence of, and again, this is not to suggest that she didn't deserve the attention. Um, you know, more that other cases also deserved attention. But it's 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 that there's a certain class of person that you're interested in, and I think the documentary, you know, it's not necessarily a particularly well made documentary, but I think it tackles it relatively well. It goes into why the McCann case was of such interest to people because it was a young, innocent girl. Her parents were middle class. They were on holiday as well, which is a time when people feel vulnerable. The, and, and there's this sort of like sense that you're right, that some deaths matter and some deaths don't in terms of how we report them and how we cover them. Um, and maybe, I don't know if it's a commentary on that or if it's an example of it, but yeah, I think, I think you're entirely right there. It is interesting to note, actually, because we haven't talked about this much, which is surprising. And if we're still technically talking about modern America, kids, the kids are not all right. 
No. No, the, 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 um, it was as I was watching it, you would say, um, you would kind of walk in and, and I'd be like, oh, no, there's some kids. And you'd be like, <laughs> um, yeah, there's some, there's some kids. Um, we got to be traumatized now. Yeah, whenever kids appear on screen in Twin Peaks The Return, Andrew curls up into a ball and prepares for something horrific that's going to happen. Um, there's the great example, you know, obviously the big example is the the... Richard Horn killing a kid with his car in episode six. Yeah. Which is one of the most harrowing sequences uh, in the entire show, I think. And his reaction to that as well. Yeah. Because he, is... he's, he's like, damn it, man. And yeah. he's angry yeah. at this um, at kid this for walking young, in front of his car. Uh, child for, yeah. Um, and then this is the thing. Actually, and again, one of the things about watching Firewalk with me relatively quickly as part of your rewatch was that it reminded me a lot of the scene between Mike and Leyland and Sarah um, sorry and not Sarah and Laura in the car when they're at the car and the truck stop and everything's yes. sort of building and there's the yes. highness and like Mike goes up and swerves past and you've got like the, the zebra crossing and stuff and it's kind of one of those nice sort of interesting mirroring of sequences because you have the sense of building mounting palpable dread which Lynch does remarkably well and has always done remarkably well but you have this sort of like sequence where it's very like even if you don't know exactly what's going to happen you're seeing the pieces in motion you're seeing all the directions in which the objects are going so you have Richard who's high off sparkle I think it's called um Who's like fretsy and he's like, I'm not a kid, I'm not a kid, and he's stressed out. And Mel- it's clear he's not Boy says, Yo, y'all uh, still talking. How how long left? Three hours. That is. No, five hours. Um, no, four and a half, actually, to be honest. No, three and a half. Now we're finishing at, uh, finishing at eight. What? <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps getting longer and longer. Do the maths. The maths is we started at two. 18 hours from two. Oh, God. <laughs> What year is it, Andrew? What year is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm feasting on Andrew's cream corn of despair as we sort of talk about this now. But it is it is interesting. Don't ask me to do maths, Aaron. <laughs> I was not told that there would be a maths test. Um, but yeah, like uh, it's sort of like I like the mirroring of those sorts of sequences as well. But yeah, there's. And But even the sense of palpable dread, you can see all the objects in motion. It's very clear where they're going. There's the adorable kid who's just trying to cross the road. There's a sequence where Richard Horne is just driving the car and he's very zoned out and it's very clear that something's going to happen. There's the careful build of like Carl going and sitting down so he can witness this. And like it's very clear where that scene is going from the moment it begins. But it ratchets up. It lasts a good five minutes and it just keeps going. And it it's yeah, it's it's really shocking. It's very powerful and very effective and very draining watching it. So, I can't imagine what you watching that and so many, um, so many sequences like poor, that. Poor Malin Boy asks, "What is the main topic now?" Um, we're talking <laughs> about topic of the hour. We're talking about um, Lynch's Americana, loosely speaking, but we seem to have rambled that out into general discussions of human suffering. We yeah, we've uh, including uh, Andrews gone off the rails. We have indeed, but um, no, but I mean, but okay. In the context of what we're talking about now, is we're talking about like this idea in the return of kids, and particularly kids being in danger, and particularly the modern generation of kids being placed in danger. Um, and I'm thinking like there are lots of these in there like it's interesting we talked about like Lynch mirroring sequences across episodes in a way that suggests a stronger sense of structure than most of his critics or most of dream people who talk about dream logic would imply so like you have that happens in episode 6 is where the kid gets hit by Richard Horn's car but before that in episode 5 you've had a sequence in Rancho Rosa where you have the kid with the drug addicted mother who's playing 
and you've got the car with the IED on the bottom of it um, and the kid's wandering over like about to touch it and you're watching that and you're thinking he's going to do it the kid's going to die it's going to be horrific and brutal um, and you get a near miss in that case you get this gang of like <laughs> there's still a trauma yeah he, like he, he's looking straight at these people um, as they're blown as, to smithereens yeah as they get like yeah blown to pieces and then then, then, then like you 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 have the kids uh, witnessing um, is, Miriam, uh, Miriam. Pull, pulling yeah. herself out because that was the sequence I came in at that was the sequence I came in while you were watching and you were like why are there kids Darren What's yeah. going to happen? How bad is this going to be? Because there's a sequence where he crosses a road to pick up a ball. And I think Andrew sort of like had like a Pavlovian response to that almost. But it becomes clear it's just Miriam pulling herself out of the um, out of the, the kind of reeds almost, out of the grass, out of the forest. But it's still kids being traumatized. Yeah. And I mean, even and then we talked we talked earlier about the sequence of Bobby Briggs, uh, where he's like in the traffic jam. And he's got two kids, two kids who've been horribly traumatized. By the way, while he's dealing with his daughter, who is obviously also in a, like a traumatic situation as well. But like he, he when the gunshot comes into the or he goes out. It's a kid who pulled the trigger and the kid pulled the trigger because the parent wasn't paying attention to them. And the same thing happens. The kid who almost sets off the IED, his mother is, is a drug addict and she's revealed going 119, 119. She's not capable of caring for him. Um, and the same thing happens. You have that sort of sense of indifference in the car where the, you know, where the, the father's put the gun box at the wife's feet. The wife is throwing the gun box into the back because she doesn't know it contains a gun. The kid's gotten a hold of it. And there's this great shot. You point out the kid's wearing camos, but this great shot of Bobby staring at him. And he looks like, again, this is another 250 trope, but he looks like that precocious kid. He's like, there's a moment where he, Bobby's looking at him all confused and he's sort of like, he's not ashamed. He's not feeling guilty. He's not traumatized. He's just sort of standing there going, what you going to do about it almost? Yeah. And like, the me- me- Melon Boy's take on that is, yep. Hello. So I shot that gun. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much the mode of that we're sort of that thing's yeah, in. It's, 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 he has it's, his hands in his pockets, I think. And I, 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 I think Brelva agrees when he, he doesn't know that that child is actually uh, traumatized. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure, like, that's the thing. But I mean, the, you know, does the, if the kid doesn't no, I know, believe, I, I, I believe, I believe there is trauma. But that's it. If the there. kid doesn't, even if the kid doesn't acknowledge the feeling of trauma, I get the sense that it's still been done. Like it's, if the kid isn't traumatized by that, it's a sign that maybe the like the kid hasn't the healthiest environment. That yeah, if this that is something trauma that happens, has already <laughs> taken place. Yeah, that if this is something that's like within the boundaries of like what he can process, then maybe, maybe he's sort of like not had the best upbringing. And it's worth noting that that's followed directly with one of the great, like, what the hell's going on moments in the entire series, which is, and you pointed this out, by the way, I love that as you were watching this, you were in Bobby Briggs' mindset where Bobby's trying to get traffic under control and there's a woman honking the horn. Yeah. And she's really aggressively honking the horn. And, like, and the scene goes on. the second honk, I was like, shut the... <laughs> yeah, Andrew was like, "Will somebody tell that person honking the horn?" It's a to real come? bugbear of mine. It's like, what do you think, like the the fifth or sixth honk is going to do? <laughs> that, the, that the fourth or fifth didn't accomplish of themselves. But I think that speaks to again that level of that reservoir of anger and like frustration that runs through like the return in terms of like its portrayal of modern America to bring us back. But you have this anger that like Doctor Amp feels where the they're at it again. Like where everybody is really. By the way, we spoke about Richard Horn a moment ago. He he is some like uh, tremendous swearing. 
phone conversation he has. Is it after he's he's popped by Miriam? Um, like, should we be taking advantage of 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 our of our uh, two fifty after dark to, to, <laughs> to quote some like, Richard Horn? Yeah, just to <laughs> turn the airwaves blue, blue for a second. Um, <laughs> probably not. No, probably not. But um, it is it is worth like and particularly yeah. Again, Richard Horn himself is one of these failed kids. Um, his mother is. God knows where, disconnected. His his father is like wandering the countryside as the leader of this sort of criminal gang. He's presumably had no strong parental influence in his life and has turned out as this sort of almost monster. And again, he's... Do you feel some pang of sorrow for him at any point? Is Richard completely irredeemable? Or is there a sense that he's like he's been failed by the people around him? Or is it a combination of I both? I think it's very difficult to... Um, <laughs> Uh, to 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 identify <laughs> with Richard Horn, yeah, um, and like he um, is introduced threatening to rape, like a you know very young woman at a bar after bribe after bribing a corrupt cop. Yeah. Chad is the worst. Let's just get that out there. Chad yeah. is the worst. But um, there is a sense that runs through, it. and again, like after that sequence with the honking, where Bobby Briggs goes over, you have the kid with the vomit out of her mouth. At the side of her mouth, and it's almost like this she's is, possessed. This is interesting. It, it, it is uh, Mel, Mel, Melon Boy. Um, I think would would disagree with us a lot. Um, reckons that Richard was just born that way because his father <laughs> is two demons. <laughs> that that, and I, I mean, like I feel, I feel like so much of this is 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 um, of. Of of Lynch's vision, which is like impossible to, <laughs> to, to say one way or another. Yeah. But for me, the way I kind of, um, I suppose, when I spoke about what the um, <laughs> show um, <laughs> slash movie, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, piece of art, meant <laughs> uh, meant meant to me, I kind of spoke about the the um, the growth of evil as as being a a kind of a product of of these things like um abuse and 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 um and head trauma and um uh, drug use and 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 I I think it is it is a moralizing kind of a tale because because of the way the way it kind of um uh, uh behaves um or the way it treats uh drugs it's certainly not very kind of um fashionable the way um it kind of por- portrays um, drugs as this um, as this evil. You know, but it, it always it, has. A lot like, of I mean, even kind the of like popular culture and just kind of listening to regular Americans um, talk about drugs. There, there is generally a kind of sort of um, there isn't any there isn't a panic. There is a kind of acceptance. Like, well, drugs are normal. And, I think this is the thing with again, and this is the thing where we talk about like the. Like, I don't think any of that well. stuff should be banned or anything, but I, but I think there's a dangerous sort of um, uh, kind of um, uh, indifference to it, I guess. And he's pointed out that we we shouldn't probably be talking about evil without him, actually, which is very fair. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> but no, just just to to bring it back though, and like there is this theme that runs through, and I think it's related to. Um, oh, hold on, uh, perfect. So. Andy's actually available to call on right now, actually. So we might cheat. We might sort of cheat. We were supposed to have him on at uh, 
at four o'clock, but I think we might bring him on a half an hour early. What do you think? Absolutely. All right. So in that case, then this is, by the way, going to be a Skype call. Um, so this is going to take a Could moment. You give me one second. I'm going to grab some coffee. Okay, Andrew's going to grab some coffee. I'm going to set up a Skype call. Listeners are going to listen to this blow by blow as we go through. Uh, perfect. So what we might do is we might uh, just try this now.